Welcome to My Soul Dog Podcast with me, your host, Stephanie Millis. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I don't like to cook, but I do love my dogs. So sit right there while we discuss all things dog training, hydrotherapy, tips, tricks, and everything in between. Welcome back to the podcast. It's so nice to have you here. I'm still a little bit under the weather and so I'm still a little bit nasally, but that's not going to stop us, right? So just currently sitting here with my feet on my rice bag that I warmed up in the microwave because it feels like fall here in the Pacific Northwest. It is so drizzly and chilly, so I need to keep my feet warm because if my feet are cold, all of me is cold. I'm so like my mother. Oh, I've been so busy lately with my brand new puppy, as you guys all know, Elizabeth. She is absolutely perfect. I have one million photos on my phone of her sleeping. I have so much video of her, of course, and I'm still constantly going around going, oh my gosh, she's the cutest thing ever. Oh my gosh, look at what she's doing. Oh my goodness, look at her now. I am absolutely smitten with this baby. I can't even begin to tell you. I just adore her. But this one is, of course, going to be staying with me forever, so I don't ever have to worry about giving her up or saying goodbye. That's very much unlike the foster pups that come into my home. And recently, I saw a question on the rescue page that I'm affiliated with, Must Love Boxers Rescue. If you haven't gone and liked their page, I suggest that you go and do so. They're fabulous, very ethical, just an absolutely wonderful rescue. But on that page, there was someone, one of the fosters was just asking if there's any kind of support or could there be support for people who are just starting out uh, fostering dogs and how emotional it is when you adopt them out and the aftermath of that for the foster parent and I've had lots of people say oh Steph I just don't know how you do it I could never do that I would get so attached and I could never let them go and yeah that definitely was the thing when I had BAM I was like oh man Um, in the beginning I wasn't gonna keep him that's for sure but then I was like oh gosh I have to have him But there were many, many dogs, many, many dogs that came before him because I swore I was not going to keep them. Um, I, I knew that I was going to adopt them out, but it was not easy, especially in the beginning. So way back when I first started, and I tried to think when I knew I was going to do this podcast, who was my very first foster? And I do believe at the time, I thought I would never forget my very first foster. And look at me now, I cannot remember at all who my first one was. Maybe if I go back and look at photos, files, I could figure out who my very first one was. But it, it just escapes me right now. 
So that's how long ago it was. And it was when I was in Kansas. That's where I very first started taking in fosters and adopting them out. And yeah, I can tell you when I first started, it was not easy because you go into it loving these dogs. You want to save them all. Of course you do. And they are so cute and they are so fun and you take them in and you really do treat them like your own. You are spending money on them. You are spending time with them. They're sharing your bed possibly. And so when you put in this much effort to make this baby's life as good as possible and also you know you know good and well that some of these animals do not come from very loving places and so I think as fosters we try to make up the difference that deficit to go you know all of us humans are not that way some of us will spoil the crap out of you and you can live your best life and this will always be safe and it will always be comfortable and so we're kind of making that up for them what they didn't have before but as we do and you know we take these adorable photos of them and the rescues ask us to write these bios for them to share what they have learned or all the details about them and that's what's really great about foster homes now as opposed to getting a dog in a shelter I really think that those are becoming a thing of the past and that foster homes really are the thing of the future that's moving forward because you can get to know a dog so much more knowing that they lived with a family who got to know them. When they're in the shelter, there's only so much information that you can get about their history or what they know. Um, we don't always know what their history is if they're a foster in a foster home, but we can absolutely get to know them, their little idiosyncrasies. I remember I was, for example, I was adopting out this dog and the owners or the people who were interested in them came to see him. And honestly, I don't remember his name now, but I'll always remember the story that he was a boxer and... I said, when you take him home, he's a two-time pooper. And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, he needs to go poop two times before coming inside. Otherwise, he's going to have an accident. I've just monitored his behavior, and I've noticed that if he doesn't go two times outside, there'll be one outside and one inside. So just let him, just give him time, and he will go twice. And the people were like, are you serious? And I'm like, I swear to you, just follow this and you will have success on your first few nights, you know, that he's there acclimating. Give him that time to go two times. And so it was not two days later. I think they came on a Friday to adopt him. And by Sunday, they text me and were like, you were not kidding. Oh my gosh, it's true. We would have had accidents in the house and we didn't. He is a two-time pooper. And it's like, that's information that had that dog come from a shelter that you would have never gotten. And you would have been frustrated that you had accidents and you would have had to have taken time to figure that out. But when they come from a foster home, you can give those nitty-gritty details. Um, 
you know, there's Athena that, you know, when she gets adopted out, and she's the dog that I have right now, if you're a new listener or not following on my Facebook page, and if you're not, go over there and take a click. Hit the like button, and you can follow along and see all that, the updates about Athena, and she is just, she's a barrel of fun, but I just keep this little basket of toys and she really likes the stuffy toys so any kind of stuffed animal she doesn't chew them up she doesn't shred and take out all the stuffing or the uh, the little squeakers inside but she likes to as soon as she gets let out of her crate if I'm you know coming home and I let her out she grabs a toy and wants to run outside with it she wants to carry it around in her mouth and so that is information that I would give her future family to go, hey, you know, you might want to put the basket there. Now, I don't load it up with new toys all the time. I just go around and pick up her old toys and dump them back in the basket. And then she takes one out at a time. She absolutely loves it. So again, there's just these details that you can give a potential family that they'd never get before. You would set them up for success. Um, You know, it it really can make a difference with a dog staying in a home or being bounced back into the rescue. And so foster families are just absolutely invaluable. They, they really, really are. They give the dogs the best chances of staying in a home. But after we spend all this time and we know them intimately, we know so much about them, we know what they like, what they don't like, they really like carrots, but they don't like, you know, eggs or they spit out cucumber or zucchini or, you know, I, I, I hear that a lot too. And it's like, oh, those are fun things that you can learn or, or this dog loves blueberries. And so you just feel like they're your dog and you do. That really is what's happening they you treat them like they are your own and then once you write this bio and you add all those details in a family calls and they are head over heels in love with this dog and they want to meet this dog and yeah your heart sinks a little bit and like but it's my dog and you're like no I'm just the foster and the family comes and they adopt the dog and you can be pretty heartbroken. That is normal. And when I was first doing it, I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating at all. I would tell the family, I'm crying, but I'm okay. I I just do this for every adoption. This is what I do. Because I would nearly be in the ugly cry. You know, the ugly cry. The one that it's just not one you do in public, you know. It was embarrassing and I couldn't help it. I was so sad that they were leaving me and I would cry on every single one. Me. I've been doing rescue forever. But yeah, that was me in the beginning, bawling my freaking eyes out. And they would be like, okay. Um, And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you think I'm weird, but um, just ignore it because I did it on the last one I did and I'll do it on the next one. It's just what I do. And then it was just, you know, days later, and especially if it's a good rescue, they a lot of times will have an adopters page and you'll all of a sudden see this dog that you had in your home 
on the couch being loved by this family and you'll see updates over time and that makes your heart just swell it feels so good and then your door is open for another lonely heart out there a soul that needs a soft place to land you are now available to do it all over again and that means loving this new soul all over again falling head over heels in love treating them like your own and bawling your eyes out when they get adopted but over time like anything you get used to it so I do not cry anymore when I adopt dogs out not at all they go and I'm on to the next one I promise you that will not last forever so those who are are who are riding the fence of I'd love to foster but I don't think I can take it from me you can everybody can and if you cry it's okay but that won't last forever and honestly I now that I've been doing this for as long as I have and as many dogs as I'm around all the time dogs have personalities and what I mean by that you're like well yeah of course Steph they have personalities I know but I mean like personalities like human beings I got to admit there are some dogs that have come through my door and although I like them if they were a human being I probably wouldn't be their friend I'm like you know you're just not my jam now are they they're a lovely animal and I treat them with respect but I always say you know if you were a human I wouldn't be friends with you like you just not every dog is for me I don't want to own them all there are a lot of dogs and I'm sure the dog was like yeah I wouldn't want to be friends with you either it's not that I'm wrong or the dog's wrong you know some relationships just don't work out it's just like people and that's how I look at dogs these days I'm like yeah I like them all I mean I'm a dog person okay I'm dog obsessed you know let's get real this is a safe place but dogs are like humans to me and there's just not every dog out there so someone I'm you know that I'm gonna be friends with and so when it's time to adopt I'm like see you later nice knowing you but you know I'm kind of glad you're out of my house and the dog's like you betcha because I found my people and I love them and you're like woohoo it's good for both of us and then my door is open for another dog and there are some that I'm like oh man this one is lovely I would like to keep this one there's one right now that I have his name is Thor Thor is a boxer that came in he was owner surrender mom really loved him but was trying to do best by him and he had been severely abused by an ex-husband uh, severely abused and so this little guy I need to adopt him out and you will be seeing his bio here soon but this little guy just pulls at my heartstrings and I want to protect him I want to wrap him in bubble wrap and go you will be safe forever I need to find him the just right home that they will care for him and love him for just as he is and just and that means his rough edges and everything he has a really hard time with dog or dogs with beards haha <laughs> see dogs humans they're the same to me 
humans with beards. He met Warren and just would bark and bark and bark at him. Warren has a really big beard. And talking with his former owner, he said, oh yeah, he has problems with beards. You can guess. Did the ex-husband have a beard? Probably so. So, it really breaks my heart to see him stressed. And his stress response was to drink massive amounts of water. Anytime he's under stress, he just goes right to the water bowl and starts drinking excessively. And it is excessive. You will notice the difference. You're like, whoa, buddy, uh, you're a camel? Uh, it's not normal. And it just breaks my heart. And I just think, oh my goodness, I just never want him to be put in a situation where, um, you know, someone would kick him back to the rescue and he just seems like this old soul in this seven-year-old he's seven this month and just this old old soul and he's so gentle and he's good with children and he's been really good with all the dogs and oh like I said I just want to put him in bubble wrap and so I'm trying to write his bio with a lot of care and a lot of love and specificity oh my that's a mouthful when I have a cold I just want to be really specific so when someone reads his bio they know what they're getting into and that it's full disclosure that nothing is hidden so if someone says oh he's probably not for me they know that right away that they don't come and take him home and then realize it He will have a home where they fully understand his needs and his history and they're okay with it and they're ideal and they fall in love with his old soul like I have. So yeah, Thor holds a special place in my heart because I just want to protect this sweet, sweet old man and hopefully find him a really good home. So it's not always going to be easy Sometimes you're going to find those ones that just break your heart. And like I said, if you cry, you cry. No one's ever died of crying too much. So shed the tears and you can do as I do. You can fully tell them, I love this dog and I'm crying, but I'll be okay. You could just tell the people that to make them feel better, that you're not crazy. And open your door for the next one to come in. So if you're on the fence... I highly recommend that you try your hand at fostering. If you're with a really good rescue, they're going to support you. And with Muscle Boxer Rescue, they supply all the food and anything that you need to be successful. So those things are not coming out of your pocketbook. We're just so excited that you have a place for a boxer to land. But if boxers aren't your thing, there are so many dogs out there that need a place to land. So get yourself with a rescue that you feel is responsible and that you have a really good, also not just responsible, but very supportive. If at any time you feel like the rescue is being antagonistic, that is not how rescue should be run. So you need to feel good about it. You're volunteering your time and your time is very valuable. So thank you again for joining me with this episode. I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Have a wonderful day and be very kind to yourself.